Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we walk through the Lenten season, we will be looking at different aspects of Jesus' march to the cross and identifying parts of that journey and how Jesus' heart played a major factor in those times. Tonight, the lesson that you just heard Lucas read will be the focus as we look at Jesus' heart of determination. I'd like to focus particularly on three verses from Mark chapter 14, uh, verses 48 through 50. I'll read those again. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. I'm going to guess that most of you, if not all of you, have heard of the Guinness Book of World Records, right? So here's a better question. Have any of you ever tried to set a Guinness Book of World Records record? Raise your hand if you've tried or if you've taken part in something like that. Okay, we have a couple over here. Now the more important question. Were you successful? Are you in the Guinness Book of World Records? Carol or Becca? No. Okay, all right. Thanks for trying, nonetheless. All right. I, I was look, doing a little research this week and I, I found some of the most recent, kind of crazy, I suppose you could say, Guinness records that have just gone into the record book. Look at the one on the left up there. A pogo stick jump. The new record was set. 11.15 feet on a regular pogo stick. Picture a basketball court, right, and the rim of a basketball hoop at 10 feet. The guy jumped another foot plus over the top of the, the rim of the basketball hoop. That's pretty amazing. The one on the upper right, that's the longest hair on a teenager ever. Her hair measures five feet seven inches. That's how long her hair is. All right, the one on the bottom right, don't try this at home. These are pinky pull-ups. All right, this guy set the record for most consecutive pinky pull-ups. Pull-ups just using his pinky fingers. Anyone want to take a guess how many he got? 36. 36 pinky pull-ups. Yeah, you're going to have to watch a lot of Netflix and do a lot of pinky exercises to get to that level, I would imagine, right? All right, just a couple of more. The one on the, on the left-hand side is the largest hula hoop that was ever spun around somebody's waist. It's over 17 feet in diameter. And my personal favorite on the right, the most toothpicks ever stuck in a beard. 3,500 toothpicks are stuck in that man's beard. Now, just to put that in perspective, even if you could put one toothpick in your beard every second, it would take you an hour to put all of the toothpicks in your beard. I don't know. Here's my point. If you take a look at all of those things, and I suppose you could read through the entire Guinness Book of Records, most people aren't going to set those records on the first try, are they? I can't imagine somebody getting on a pogo stick in their first shot going over 11 feet as they bounced, right? It takes some effort. It takes some determination. It takes some commitment to get to that level. Maybe that's why it's a good picture for what we're talking about tonight, the word determination. Because what we're going to see in Jesus as he is facing arrest is determination. 
Determination not to prevent his arrest, not to get out of it, but determination to continue all the way to the cross for you and for me. See, Jesus never lost his purpose when he came to this earth. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's Jesus' heart of determination. As we take a look at these verses tonight, that's our focus. The heart of determination that Jesus demonstrated. First of all, what we'll see is that he actually allowed his own arrest because of his heart of determination. And then he kept that heart of determination even when he was abandoned by his friends. As Lucas read the words earlier, you really are picturing quite a scene there on the Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane that late that Thursday night of Monday Thursday, right? Here comes Judas with his band of armed men, clubs and swords, and they come out to arrest Jesus. You might think that Jesus, in his fright, would run in the other direction, but he doesn't. Not only is there no fright in Jesus, there's no fight either. He doesn't do anything to prevent his arrest. We didn't hear the name in the reading from Mark's gospel, but from the other gospels, from John's gospel, we know that one of his disciples decided it was time to fight. Do you remember that it was Peter who drew his sword and cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest whose name John gives us also, Malchus? But then the other thing that isn't reported is what Jesus does next. Think about how amazing this is. In the middle of his arrest, instead of trying to prevent his arrest, instead of using the distraction to run in the other direction, Jesus heals the man's ear. The next thing Jesus does is, I suppose you could say, almost in a way, put his accusers, those who came to arrest him, on trial. He calls them out. He says, listen, why are you here? Why out here in the garden? Why at night when I've been in the temple courts preaching every single day? You certainly could have arrested me there. And of course, Jesus knew the answer. They were afraid of the people. They were afraid of what the people would do if they arrested Jesus. But again, instead of escaping, instead of running away, instead of fighting back, Jesus simply uses these words. The scriptures have to be fulfilled. Jesus knew his purpose. He knew why he was there. He knew that he was going to be pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. And so Jesus' willingness, his heart of determination, carried him all the way to the cross. It's interesting in Matthew's gospel, we hear Jesus speak to his disciples and probably those who were there about preventing his arrest. He tells them, listen, I could call down 12 legions of angels to protect me from this arrest. 12 legions of angels is 72,000 angels. Jesus says like that, I could have everything that I needed here to stop this from happening. So the question we have to ask is, why didn't he? Why did Jesus go through with it? Why didn't he escape when we know he could have? Why didn't he fight back when we know he could have prevented his arrest? Again, that's the determination that Jesus had. That's how important each one of us was to Jesus. He was determined to follow through on what he came to this earth to do. And that started with his arrest and then through the trials and all the way to his crucifixion. Have you heard this expression, he's got heart or she's got heart? Maybe you've used it yourself. 
It's often used to describe someone who uses some extra grit or determination uh, to get the job done, right? Maybe you would say they, they stick to it, they, they keep after it, even when the odds are stacked against them. In short, it means a person never gives up. It's a perfect way to describe Jesus, isn't it? Someone who never gave up, no matter what he was facing, no matter what was thrown at him, no matter what suffering, even a horrible death on the cross, Jesus never let that derail him from his purpose to save you and me. I suppose we could say of Jesus, he's got a heart for you and for me. We couldn't say that about the disciples, could we, that they had heart because when Jesus' arrest was imminent, they all fled, they took off. I wondered to myself, I, I imagine that, that perhaps the abandonment of his friends, of his own disciples, might have actually been worse for Jesus than the arrest itself. Even though he predicted that it would happen, it still had to be heartbreaking when they left. And even though every single one of those disciples said, not me, I'm never going to run away, they did. Their faith crumbled under the pressure. The present danger that they were facing made their faith shrink. Their faith gave way to their fears. And I suppose sitting here a couple thousand years later, there's a part of us that wants to shake our heads and wonder what the disciples were thinking. Didn't they know they had the miracle worker in front of them? Didn't they know that Jesus was on a quest to complete our salvation? But before we're too critical of the disciples, maybe an honest look at ourselves is important. Maybe this is a good time, a good check of our own humility. Because isn't it fair to say that we are really good at losing heart too? Think of the things that make us afraid. Things that get us anxious, that make us worry. It can be something like a global pandemic, right, that makes us afraid. It can be something as simple as a test that I have coming up tomorrow. And all kinds of things in between. Our future, our health, our finances, our family. There's so many things that we can lose heart about in this life. I love Jesus' example here with the disciples because I think it teaches two really important lessons. First of all, the disciples and we cannot rely on our own strength. Too often we're overconfident. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The disciples were living proof of that. And we know that our help comes from the Lord. That's where our strength comes from, not from inside of ourselves, but through the one who had the heart of determination for us. Second thing is that we as God's people can be charitable in the way that we think about others, especially when it comes to the sins of others. Do you find in your life that sometimes it's easy to be critical of other people, to shake our heads, to wonder how could they ever get themselves into that trouble? But maybe humility says, there but for the grace of God go I. And as we see these disciples, people who watched Jesus for three plus years, deserting him and fleeing, do you remember what God did? He called those men. He called them to later be the pillars of his church. So it's a good reminder to us to be gracious in the way that we think of the sins that trip up other people and pray that others will be as charitable to us when sin causes us trouble as well. 
In spite of the abandonment that Jesus faced, he continued on. He continued all the way to the cross. And I think about this too. If you've ever felt abandoned by people, if you've ever felt lonely, Jesus knows exactly what you're going through because he went through it and then some but it never stopped him from carrying out his mission. That's his heart of determination. In spite of that abandonment, he redeemed you and me. His work on the cross completely finished and your sins are paid in full. Years after this happened, one of those disciples that fled, John, wrote words that he remembered Jesus saying that very night before they went to the garden from John chapter 14. Jesus told his disciples this and John recorded it for us. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's what the heart of determination of Jesus does for you and me. It helps us hold on to his promises to not lose heart even in the difficult times because Jesus' heart of determination completed our salvation. A couple things I'd love for you to take away from our devotion today. Number one, although he could have prevented his arrest, Jesus was determined to finish his work to save us. As you think about that during this Lenten season, as we continue to go through all of the things that Jesus was willing to suffer, as you see him in that garden, not preventing his arrest, continuing to the cross even when he was abandoned by his friends, remember that that was his heart for you, his determination to save you and me. Number two, even when we lose heart, Jesus never did. His heart provides courage for our hearts. There are times when we will lose heart in this life, but that's when the heart of Jesus, that heart of determination, steps in and reminds us that there is no reason for fear. We don't have to have troubled hearts because Jesus has conquered all of our enemies. I suppose if there were a Guinness Book of World Records record for the biggest heart or the heart that was most determined to accomplish a task, we'd have to give that to Jesus, wouldn't we? Think about it. Even though he knows our weaknesses, he knows that the sinful nature is weak even when our spirit is willing, when he knows that we will fail him, that we will fail each other, Jesus still came to save. And he never fails. His heart never fails. His love for you never fails. His mercies and compassion never fail. So here's what you can take home with you. That determination that Jesus had, that heart that he has for you, means that you can have complete confidence that what he came to do is finished. He finished his saving work. Jesus went to the cross to pay for your sins and rose to guarantee that they're gone forever. In the chest of your Savior, Jesus beat a heart. A heart that was determined to save you. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.